inmate at the Virginia Department of Corrections, Red Onion State Prison. To accept this call, press zero. This is Red Onion Randy, and welcome to my podcast. I hope you enjoy listening to me. Uh, today, I'm going to answer some listeners' questions, because um, I've gotten quite a few, and I would like to do that. I told you I would answer, and I'm a man of my word. Uh, my first question comes from Kristoff. Kristoff says that I blame having a hard childhood for the crimes I've committed, and that you know many people who've had much harder childhoods than I do that have not went out and killed innocent man. Okay, that, that's a good question. Um, I disagree with your question. For the simple fact is, I don't blame my childhood for anything. I'm a man. I did what I did. I'm responsible for my actions. I'm responsible for taking another man's life. I'm responsible for slitting two people's throats while I've been in prison. I'm responsible for all of the fights that I've been in. I'm responsible for all the crimes I've committed. I don't blame my father. I don't blame my mother. I don't blame my family. I don't blame God. I don't blame the devil. I, don't, I blame no one. I blame Randall Christopher Vaughn for the crimes I've committed. The reason why I've discussed my childhood and the violence that I endured is to explain my reasoning for why I made the choices I made at that time. They were not excuses. You know, I'm not trying to throw blame off on anyone or anything. You know, I was just giving you a reason of why I did what I did. My thinking at the time was screwed up. I had so much anger. I had so much rage. And it went, my childhood, the abuse went much farther than just having the living hell beat out of me. It went much farther than the emotional abuse. It, it, it went so much further than that. I was taught by my dad to fight. That's what a man does. A man fights. And so, then the fact that, look, I'm not, I've said it before. I'm not that big a guy. I never have been, and I'm probably never, ever going to be. You know, I've always been a smaller person, but I'm, I'm very good at fighting. I'm very good at it. I can read a fight. I can read another person's body the way most people can read a book. All right, I understand it. It's, it's instinctual with me. I don't have to think. I just act. I just flow from one move to the next. I can pick apart your weaknesses easy. And because of that, because I had that skill, that talent, I was so damn good at whooping another man's ass, especially if I was fighting a person one-on-one and I didn't get stolen. And stolen is prison term for you got sucker punched or you got ambushed or blindsided. And because I was good at fighting, because I was taught to fight back, and because I was angry all the time, that's why I did what I did. I'm sorry that I didn't explain myself better. Um, You have my apologies for that. You know, I'm self-educated, and I did the best I could with the limited material that I've had available. But I don't blame no one 
for for the crimes I've committed. I, I made those choices, and I have to live with those choices. And all I can say is, as far as the people you know that had much harder childhoods than mine, first of all, my heart goes out to you. I am incredibly sorry because if yours was worse than mine, my God, you went through hell. And the fact that you didn't do the things I did, that you rose above that, that you was capable of rising above that, you have my infinite respect. Truly. Y'all are giants among men. That's all I got to say because, yeah, I'm, I'm impressed. But, Christoph, I, I thank you for your question. Um, I hope I've answered your question. And uh, if you have more, please write back. I will answer. To Derek, uh, Derek asked, who's my favorite actor? Uh, what's my favorite movie and what's my favorite television show? Well, well, this is actually an easy question, Derek. Thank you. Um, my favorite actor or movie star is Jason Statham. I really like him. And one of the reasons why I like him, when he was younger, he was, he was, he was a criminal much like myself. Uh, not to the extent that I was, but... Yeah, he broke the law, and he, if I remember correctly, I believe Jason Statham actually did some time in prison. And he gave that time back, he got out, and he really, truly made something with his life. And that's an inspiration for me, because whenever I give my time back, I would like to go into acting myself. Um, that's the, one of the reasons why Jason Statham is my favorite, uh, my favorite movie star. And he knows martial arts, which, as anybody knows me by now, knows I love martial arts. Anything martial arts-related, I absolutely adore it. My favorite movie is a Korean movie. Man, it's a damn good movie, too. Man from Nowhere. Sorry. Oh, that got me a little confused there. Uh, the name of it is Man from Nowhere. And uh, it's, it's in Korean, but it has English subtitles. I love this movie. This is one of the few movies in the world that I could watch over and over again and never get tired of. I highly recommend everybody watch it. It is a phenomenal movie. I mean, it has action. I mean, it's like, let's face it, it's a Korean movie. It's going to have some martial arts in it. It's got drama. It has, I mean, just everything that makes life worth living, worth fighting for, worth believing in. And that movie, that movie had tears in my eyes. It, 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 oh, it's such a phenomenal movie. I don't, I want to talk about it. I mean, I would love to sit here and break down scene by scene by scene, but I'm not going to do that because I don't want to ruin it for people who will actually listen to this and go watch it. But yes, A Man From Nowhere. It's a Korean movie, and the main actor is a Korean pop star named Rain. It is... Go watch that movie. Go, please go watch that movie. You will not regret it. And see, my favorite television show is The Great British Bake Off uh, on PBS, um, which sucks because we, I used to be able to get it, but we no longer have the same PBS. They switched to a different one, and that PBS for some reason doesn't show it, which, oh, that aggravates me because that, the Great British Bake Off is my favorite show. I love baking. Um, you know, there's been many times. I try not to do it anymore because I realize what a trap it can be. 
But I used to daydream about, you know, if I could go back in time, knowing what I know now, what would I do with my life differently? And I've always, for the most part, daydreamed about starting my own bakery. I love to bake. I just, I've never done a whole lot of it, but I love it. I love everything about breaking bed, uh, breaking, baking bread, cupcakes, just you name it. I want to do it. That's, yeah, so that, that's the reason why the Great British Bake Off is my favorite show. Um, plus, it's funny. You know, I like the two girls that do it. I can't remember their names. It's been so long since I've seen it. But they're hilarious. You know, you got Paul Hollywood and then Mary. Both of them, their their knowledge and understanding of baking is just phenomenal. It's just, I love everything about that show. The contestants, you know, I, I love, to, you know, the British accents that you hear, uh, you know, you get to see the countryside a little bit, see their families and get a little bit of their stories. And it just, yeah, that's uh, that's my favorite show. Thank you for asking that question. And thank you for giving me a pretty easy one. Uh, I appreciate that, especially after the Kristoff question. MJ uh, asked, do I work in an official or unofficial capacity with mental health crisis or just, you know, dealing with their own mental health issues here in prison. Uh, no, uh, I don't work in an official capacity. Uh, you know, the, uh, the state of Virginia employs uh, what we call QMHPs, which is a shorthand for qualified mental health professionals. Um, but I do what I can. Um, there's quite a few guys in here that have mental health problems that they don't know how to talk to people. Um, they get angry so fast. Their body language, they become aggressive when they're trying to talk to the CO or another inmate or, you know, just whatever has them upset. They want to, I'll hit him in the head with a damn hammer if I had. If I was on the street, I'd shoot that punk. Stuff like that. I just, you know, I just tend to pull them to the side, you know, like, all right, look, man, calm down a little bit. You know, it's not that big a deal. Uh, you know, and I give them a chance to talk and get the anger off their chest. You know, and usually during that portion, I, I, I'm non-committal. I just say, mm-hmm, all right, I hear you. Um, you know, stuff like that. And once they've had a chance to calm down, that's when I'll start to talk to them. And I'll, you know, I'll walk them through the situation. And I'll do it from both people's point of view. I'll do it from that person's point of view that's gotten mad and upset. And I'll do it from either the other inmate's point of view or the other CO's point of view. You know, sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. It just depends on where, you know, the person is in their individual walk in life and, you know, whether they're too far gone or not. You know, some guys are just too far gone. Some guys just, they don't care. They are who they are and they don't care. They don't want to change. Um, you know, but some guys, they do, they respond to it, you know, and those, I really spend a lot of time with those, you know, simply because, well, they actually want to change. They want to get better. They want to receive some type of help. So I do what I can, um, but it's, it's strictly something that I do for my own peace of mind and, and my own way of, of giving back and kind of making up for all of the bad things that I've done in my life. Not that I'm trying to repay society or, or, or something like that because the fact of the matter is I can't and I'm not going to waste my time trying. 
but I am going to do what I can to help someone if they need help. That's just that's just what I've chosen to do with my life going forward. You know, is to try to give back as, as much as I can. And I've even done it with I've even done it with COs. I'm certainly not going to say their names. I don't want to get them in trouble, and I don't want to get them ridiculed or mocked by other correctional officers who happen to listen to the podcast uh, or whatnot. But I appreciate the question. That was actually a really good one right there. Uh, thank you, MJ. Raquel asked, uh, has the warden of the prison understood the positive changes that I've made in myself in my life, and has anything come of that that would help me get out of prison or receive parole or move to a lesser secure prison? Warden Kaiser has seen the positive changes in me because he remembers me from back in the day when he was just a captain up here and I was a hellion. Um, you know, as a matter of fact, uh, one day when he was the, uh, the shift commander, uh, the flow officers had bucked on my shower. Uh, the day before, I went to court for uh, when I slid L.A. Stoat at Wallens Ridge. I had to go to the Wise County Courthouse for that. Um, so when I came back, uh, they were still pulling showers, and I was the last one to go. But you had another inmate was in the shower. And uh, while I was waiting for a shower to come open so I could go, he had actually took the security razor, and he busted it open. And he slit his throat with it. He cut his chest, his arms, his wrists, his thighs, his back. He cut his penis. He cut his face, he cut his feet, his ankles, his shins, his calves. I mean, this guy cut himself all over. And on top of that, he broke the razor in half and swallowed both pieces. And when the CO walked by, he had, you know, he had to, you know, when you have to, the COs, they normally don't like to do this, look in the shower at somebody, but... You know, at the same time, they have to do their job to make sure people's safe. So when he walked by, he just done a quick glance in and he stopped. And he stepped back and he looked. And he, I mean, he just went pale. You know, I mean, like the blood drank completely from his face. And he called it in, you know, on the radio. I don't know what the code word for that is. But he called it in and, you know, the four officers that were working with him came running to him. And he took it, he took his keys and he just opened it up. Normally... You have, you know, they have to get the shield and so on and so forth. But with the amount of blood, he just opened it up and grabbed him. And the other CO ran up and grabbed him. And they picked him up and just ran out of the uh, of the pod towards medical to get him help. And the guy was, you know, he was, he was a black guy. And he was kind of dark-skinned. But you couldn't tell what race this man was. I was standing on the door, and I was watching this as it happened, as they were running him out. They left the trail of blood from that shower all the way to medical. And, I mean, this guy was bleeding so bad, you could not recognize his features. He was just covered in blood all over. So once they got that, you know, I didn't, I didn't say anything. I didn't do anything or anything like that. But, you know, when the COs eventually came back and everything, they came up and they said, look, man, we know you're going to, we know, we know you wanted to shower, 
But, dude, with all this, I'm like, look, don't even worry about it, man. It's good. And he was like, well, we're going to give you a shower tomorrow. Is that cool? I'm like, yeah, that's fine, dude. I'll take me a shower tomorrow. And, uh, so they cleaned up, and the next day come around. And, you know, I reminded them in the morning at breakfast, hey, you know, everything jumped off yesterday that jumped off. I couldn't get my shower. Y'all said y'all was going to give me one a day. Is that still good? They was like, yeah, don't worry about it, man. We'll get you here in a little while. So they kept making rounds. They pulled outside rack to the cages and all that stuff, but they didn't pull me to the shower. And they just, they kept putting it off. And, you know, I, I sit there and ask them at lunchtime, I'm like, yo, look, am I going to get my shower? Yes or no? Um, mother, mother, you know, and one on one, he wants to, he wants to show his ass. Um, okay. I show my ass too. So I waited till everybody ate. I got on the vent, told the guys underneath me to pick all their property up off the floor. And I took underneath the uh, the doors and the side of the doors, I stuffed all of my state clothes. And I stuffed them in there real good so it was, it was dammed up. And I took a sponge and I stuck it in the toilet and I just started flushing the toilet. And I flooded the toilet until the water was deep enough that I could actually swim in it if I wanted to swim in toilet water, which I didn't. So once I got it to the height I wanted it, I ripped the pants and stuff from underneath the door and let all the water out, and it I flooded A1, A2, and A3. And I flooded all three parts to where the water was going outside on the big rec yard out front and the small rec yard. I mean, I flooded half a building. That's how much water I had. And even when I let it go, I just kept flushing the toilet. I just kept flushing over and over and over and over again. Until the CO in the booth realized that I was flooded. And then, you know, the COs ran over, come up the steps. They had to run through the water because it was just shooting over top of the steps. It wasn't even hitting the steps. It was shooting out towards the tables in the middle of the pod. And uh, they had to run through the water and come up, open up the chase lounge, and reach in there and and cut the toilet off from where I was flooding. And uh, they were pissed. You know, I mean, they were pissed. They they were ready to kill me that day. And uh, Captain Kaiser came over, and he sat there and, uh, you know, talked to me, told me to cuff up. No, I ain't cuffing up, man. Y'all going to have to come in here. I'm, we're going to fight. You know, he asked me what's wrong. I explained the situation to him. And he's like, all right, man, just come on, turn around and cuff up. So, no, I ain't cuffing up. So the COs, they were down there putting their riot gear on and, they were getting ready to come in, and they were making dire threats and promises. But Kaiser, he would not let them come in the cell. He stood in the cell for almost two hours. He would not let the COs open the door. He would not let the COs come in the cell. Because they came in the cell, I might have died that day because they were that mad. You know, they might have beat me to death. Um, but Kaiser wouldn't let them because, one, he knew I was in the right. Yeah, I was wrong for flooding. But they should have gave me my damn shower. So the way Kaiser saw it is they bought it on themselves. They won't have to deal with it. And uh, eventually, you know, the guys in the pod were like, look, man, he's just going to stand there all day. You might as well go ahead and cuff up. So finally, I got tired of repeating myself and wanting to fight. So I went ahead and let him cuff up. And then he pulled me out. And then you had one CO want to try to jump in my face. I thought you was a killer. I thought you was a badass. Why you cuff up? I'm like, dude, I just stood there for two freaking hours trying to fight y'all, man. Y'all the ones that ain't popped the door. I don't control the door. I don't got the button to push. And uh, Kaiser pulled him away from me. And, uh, you know, they put me in a, uh, a, an empty cell down the tier. And uh, 
couple hours later, he come by and he looked in the cell and talked to him. And he was like, wait a minute, where's your property? I'm like, they ain't give it to me. And he turned around on the CO at the time and he snapped on him. I told y'all to give him his damn property, blah, 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 blah. And uh, I was like, well, Kaiser, you know, uh, if you don't mind, man, can you move me to a clean cell? This, this cell is filthy. And I, you know, I pointed to the toilet. And you can see where whoever the last person in the cell was, they had pissed all over the toilet seat. They've never cleaned it. I mean, it was just filthy. It was just, oh, so gross. And Kaiser's like, you know what? Go ahead and move him to a clean cell. And uh, so Kaiser's known me. He, he knew me from back in the day when I was a hellion, when I would fight, I'd flood, I'd act a damn fool. And, you know, since he's been the warden, I haven't been like that. You know, I've changed myself. I no longer fight. I no longer argue or do all that stupid stuff. Um, but unfortunately, Kaiser just retired. And we got a new warden, and that warden does not know me, and I don't know that warden. Um, I don't know what he's going to be like. So as far as anything changing in my circumstances of, of, of getting out of either prison or you know getting transferred to a lower security prison, uh, the warden recognizing that I have made positive changes isn't going to help. Um, I think... The only way my positive changes would help me get out of prison is if somebody started an online petition to uh, to ask the governor, Ralph Northam, of uh, the state of Virginia to, uh, to get me out of prison, to give me a full pardon, and you could somehow manage to get, you know, several million signatures to that petition, maybe that would help me. Uh, to get out of prison because of the positive changes that I've made in my life with rehabilitating myself. Um, but as far as the warden goes, the warden has no control over that. You have one minute remaining. Thank you for your question. Uh, that was a good one. I hope I answered it, and I hope you enjoyed the little flood story. Uh, most people tend to enjoy that when I do tell it. This has been Red on You, Randy. If you have questions, please go to my website, redonyourrandy.com. And uh, write them there. I will get them, and I will answer them for you. Thank you for listening to me. Take care and stay safe. Thank you for using GTL.